and welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, episode 148. Hope everybody is safe and well. My captain, my captain. Now, my coach, my coach is alongside Sarah Hunter. How are we doing, Sinter? You are the busiest person on the planet. I'm very well, thank you. Um, I'm not sh- quite sure I've got that 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 title. I just feel like there's people a lot busier with a lot more important jobs than I've had. But yes, I've been pretty pretty busy. Um, I thought retired life might be a bit quieter, but it seems to have been way more hectic and way more exhausting than when I was playing international rugby. Come on, some of the highlights. You've been not just in in the tracksuit, not just in a smart polo but dolling yourself up as well what what have been the highlights over the last couple of weeks i think being at the game the the twickenham game on um the saturday the six nations aside you know walking the trophy out that was pretty cool proper Um, john terry from you yeah full full john terry surprising no full kit on no (laughs) I, i look joking aside it was such a beautiful touch i was yeah i i cry most of the day that that set me up into another level it was beautiful to have Toby involved and quite rightly so what on earth was that like oh like I was like a kid at Christmas like genuinely I woke up before my alarm on Saturday morning like jumped out of bed which is unheard of like I was just so excited about the whole day you know I was really lucky I had like a few different things to 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 do you know I went to um like a conference, women's conference women's rugby conference beforehand with so many um coaches volunteers like just the administrators within the the game um that had been invited beforehand and to go and speak to them and like share with them their experiences of their involvement was was really good um and what they're doing for the game now you know there was the pioneers of the game. They were there. I, I like bumped into a few of them. Um, some of the old girls, you know, the old red roses, the vintage roses. Burns is. Um, yeah, like the icy words. Yeah, there were so they? much. So that that was re- that was just a real special to start it. I the atmosphere just around the stadium. I had like a schedule of where I needed to be and what I needed to get to, and I was like, it'll be fine. There's plenty of time, but I just couldn't move anywhere quickly. Like people just wanting to say hello, you photograph, like it was just brilliant. Um, I got to take my mum and dad into um, the president's suite for brunch and they got to watch the game in the Royal Box with Nigel Gillingham, the president, which was really lovely from him. Um, I then nipped up to comms to do the comms with Nick Keith and then back down to take the trophy on to be in the post-match function, you know, um, like just a really special day and then finished it off with the the girls um, for a few drinks or two into the evening when you were off duty and could share in their moment of winning the Six Nations with them. The Anglers, wasn't it? The Anglers, then we went to the Fox. The patch was shut by the stage. So yeah, I didn't, I would have loved to get to the patch. I didn't actually get to the patch, which it looked and sounded incredible. Like there was just so much stuff everywhere going on, you know, like such a, such a great day for, for the game. But what I really want to focus in on is, is that moment when, did you have gloves on? I can't remember the trophy. No, I didn't, didn't have gloves on. You get this awkward moment when to go on, when not to go on. Yeah, but, 
when he, and, and uh, presumably it was a raw maybe for the trophy that's going to England, an awesome day, and then captain of all captains is 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 bringing it out. That raw, I, I mean, you, you smile quite widely, but you know, at the worst of times, uh, the beam on your face was just brilliant. Can you try and sum that? Just that 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 walk up for us. Yeah, yeah. Like to begin with, like someone was telling me to go on the other, like one of the men were telling me to stop. I was like, oh, this is really awkward. But yeah, when I finally was allowed to 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 walk on, I just this sense of like pride about like just the day and the people around. Like, I, I mean, God knows how the players felt in that whole like from walking in through the stadium in front of fans. Like, I was like, this is insane. Like, and having the moment to, you know, walk the new trophy out. Um, me and the me and the old trophy started our Six Nations career together and ended it together, which is pretty cool. But to know to walk this this new trophy out was was pretty special and, and to know that the, the first people lifting it was was gonna be England and it was gonna be Marty Packer was was really special. Um and yeah, I I just really happy to be involved and have the honour to, to do that. You know, it was totally unexpected um and had only found out the the week before and yeah no it was a great day so the retirement and uh yeah the, the, the separation for the RFU literally lasted a, a couple of weeks um we are now uh, the Red Roses uh, assistant coach pathway working with that pathway 18 to 20s uh, and the seniors um a lot of us in the rugby media are very very relieved I say relieved but very pleased to to see you there. Sort of, was sort of Red Rose ambassador, sort of morale manager, um, Red Rose's barometer. You know, Wayne Smith had a lot of sort of help in in, in dealing with uh, the Black Friends. This is his first time, and you know, with the introduction of John Mitchell, we're hoping that you kind of fulfil that role as well. It, it's very very early days, but h- how did that come about? You made the decision to do Newcastle. We've done that. Did the conversations kick on before that or, or or after that? How quickly was it? Yeah, it's all been very, very quickly. I'd obviously committed to working with Loughborough and Northampton and, and taking on a role there, which was a really tough decision to, to not commit to. Like, I'm someone that likes to stick by my word and what I've said. I would do, but I, like I hadn't realised this was going to be a role that was, was going to come about. And then when I, when I got offered offered the opportunity to, to do it. It was something I, I seriously thought about and yeah, like the opportunity to work with um your national country, you know, having not long retired from the Red Roses, to know that I can I can be part of that and I can be part of, you know, a home World Cup. And one of the the the, the big drivers was, you know, working along someone like someone like John Mitchell with the wealth of experience that he has and the environments that he's worked in and, you know, who he is as, as a coach is, is something that it, I think is really important for, for me to know that I've got someone to, to learn from in that, that way. Um, as, a, as a new, probably relatively young coach on their, their journey to, to sort of soak up all that, experience and and to learn from him was yeah was it's a really exciting like proposition and yeah I think I I yeah it's just one that I just thought if it doesn't come along again well I regret not taking the the chance to to do this and I just think the the coaching team that that's been assembled has really good balance to it and I think 
hopefully will will really take the Red Roses to the level that they need to, to win a home World Cup and to be part of that is really exciting. And But equally, like, I'm excited to be in the, the Red Roses camp and, and work alongside those coaches in whatever way they, they see fit and to support them. And I think to still be that conduit between the players having not long retired and from a player's perspective, what it is that we need to be delivering as coaches and the environment we need to create and actually what is going to get the best out of this team as we move forward in the next two and a half years. So equally excited about about that and hopefully given that perspective, but working in the pathway as well, I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to go in a few times and do stuff with the 20s, which is is really good. And not only to help them with their technical and tactical stuff, but, you know, really help support them and give them guidance on what it is to be a Red Roses player and, and how they make that step and how they do make that transition from being a pathway player to being a, a fully-fledged Red Rose. And I think that that's a pretty exciting um, place to, to work as well. So it was, in the end, it, it was just too much of a an opportunity to, to say no to. So, yeah, it's been something that's come out of the blue, but I'm so excited about um, where it can be. And it's a brand new role, so hopefully you get to shape it a little bit as well. Uh, have you spoken to John, John Mitchell, who, of course, is you, uh, not obviously around till after Japan's exit of the uh, the Men's World Cup, but uh, have, you, have you spoken to, to Mitch? Had a, a good initial chat with him? Yeah, really good. Um, John's been great. Uh, got in contact really quickly um, and had a really good initial conversation um, around, I guess, my thoughts on coaching, where I fit, where I see my strengths are. Um, I said I'm really excited to, to work with him and to learn from him. And I think he's he's equally someone who wants to help and support coaches and develop coaches and teach. And so I think um, there'd be a really nice, really nice balance there and everything all the dialogue I've had with him is really positive in terms of what he wants to do and like the things he wants to bring. He's very reflective that there's some really, really great stuff within the Red Roses. So it's about how he brings his, his own sort of stamp into it. Um, And yeah, it's, yeah, all the conversations I've had with him and with the coaches has been really positive and it just seems like, yeah, everyone's really excited to, to get going. And I know he's off with the world cup, but he's still dedicating time um, to the Red Roses in terms of getting it in the best possible way for, for when he does fully come across. And he's certainly very active in what he's doing now while still obviously preparing Japan in the absolute way that he, he needs to for their preparations for, for the World Cup. So he's a busy man. <laughs> he, he is a busy man. Um, but he's never coached females before. Uh, excuse me. And a lot of people say, oh, it's a missed opportunity not to have a, a female head coach. I think those people lack uh, information uh, in and around the women's game. And, and to the personal information about the people involved in those in those uh, sort of questions and, and proposals that they should have been heading up. I, I personally um, didn't think there was a, a, an English female who could have headed up at the moment. But he hasn't coached women before. Did you come off that conversation? And it, it's a slightly unfair, slightly cheeky, but, you know, it, it is me. Going, Joe, he asked the right questions there, or that was kind of normal, or there's a there's a bit of a way to go here, or you know, he's trying to learn off me all the, immediately and, and that kind of stuff. So what was the feel after that that first chat? 
Oh, really positive. I genuinely, and I think if you ask any of the players in the Red Roses, don't have any concerns that he hasn't worked in the women's game. Like, it's really interesting because I find, like, so many people that have said those comments or made those comments are the other people that want to take gender out of the game. So they just want it to be rugby. So if it's rugby, then it shouldn't matter whether you worked in the women's game or you've you've worked in, in the men's game. You should just be the right person to work in whatever side of the game it is. And I think mm. like as long as you've got the ability to to understand the players, and for me that's way more important. And, and it's the same in the men's game. You you go and you go and understand the play the group of players you're working with and building those relationships and it's no different. And I think that's the most important thing. And I think actually for the, for a lot of the players I've spoken to, it, it's a complete blank canvas. Like there's no preconceptions or judgments about who they are as players because of what they've done, because they've seen so much of it. He's coming in and taking them at face value. And I think it just gives everyone a really exciting opportunity to put their best foot forward to say, pick me like I I'll play the way you want me to play you can coach me you can um make me a better player like everything that you want in a coach without having anything previously about it and yeah I I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing and how does anyone get an opportunity in either side of the game without initial opportunity so if I want to go and work in a men's game like which potentially I might want to one day they'll be like well she hasn't worked in the men's game she can't go and work in the men's game and I just I just think well you need a way in and if this is the way in then for me I've I've got no issue with that I mean Peg Devers advocate people say well it'd be like you taking you know even in a head, head role but John Witcher comes with a huge amount of experience I don't have a an issue either way um you know Sounds very positive. Wants to wants to learn and what have you. One of the nicest things, and sorry to 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 bring it back up, but one of the the nicest things for me watching the, the Blackburns with the World Cup, a lot of it was painful, I can assure you, but um, on a personal level, rather than a professional. But was the relationship between Wayne Smith and the Blackburns and Graham Henry and you know, tell me, even their closest friends, and they're all different people, of course, John Mitchell and Graham Henry and Wayne Smith, but. Yeah, at the end with the party hats on, the glasses and the shots of them at training, you know, it, that was utterly genuine, genuine relationship. And why can't that be forged? You know, it, 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 that, that was only in a, in a few months. So it's 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 just not an issue. And as you say, where do you get your, your, your chance? Oh, Middleton started the men's game, didn't he, Gary Smith? Right. Yeah, they've all like, and I just think it's, it's, it's a great, like someone of John Mitchell's caliber and coaching history and experience to be like, now I want to go and coach like the number one side in the world. That is, that's what we should be shouting about. That someone has gone, like I have all this experience in the men's game. I've I've coached at multiple World Cups with different different nations and worked in some of the best environments. Yeah, I want to go and do that job. Like. That for me is a statement of intent of where the games got to, um, and I think uh, that's what the the Red Roses are excited about of like having someone um, like that come into the game with that experience, that knowledge of World Cups, that knowledge of different 
different environments, what he's learned along the way to to hopefully bring the best out of this team to 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 go on to 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 win a World Cup in 2025. And he is very much like it. It's not like there's so many good things about what all the coaches have done before, where Mint has left it. You know everything that he's put in, how he's transformed the women's game to where it's get, got to to now. To for someone else to to take that on, I think it's it's yeah, it's an it's in a really good place and I think um yeah it's it's exciting about what this two and a half years will will be about. I'm Stacey Fuller and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. We must move on, although I could talk to you all day long about coaching and the setup and all the rest of it. Um but intriguing stuff and yeah I Absolutely delighted for you, delighted for the Red Roses that uh, that you're you're still involved. And um, look, there's our Sarah, WLP Sarah, um, all that jazz and what have you. Um, absolutely delighted for you, but for that reason, you are incredibly busy, lady. So we need to move on from one coach uh, taking you role to Greg McWilliams' news um, with Ireland. They're parted company last week. Inevitable. Um, I mean, you only hear, um, like or know what you what's going on from what you hear and what you read, and I think it's very difficult for a coach to stay in a position when they've probably had the tournament that Ireland have had, um, which probably makes it like pretty inevitable that that there was only going to be one way that was gonna gonna happen and I mean I feel so sorry for the players you know this was meant to be the fresh start this was meant to be the next like just they've got their contracts they've got new coaching in this was going to be their their rebuild and it just feels like that's now happening again and you just think like to think that they now get it right for for the international team, but equally as important for for the women's game in in, in Ireland you know for it to thrive you we don't have to go too far back that they're winning Grand Slams, they're getting to semi-finals of World Cups, and it just seems like, yeah, there's such good players in their setup. They're good people that you just want you want them to have great infrastructure and great setup that they can they can really showcase what Irish rugby is about. Yeah, I I think coaches you have to tell me about yeah probably three five year plans and. Uh... We know he's a good guy. We know he's got on well with people. Uh, often the same, you know, quite long in, in, in different roles. He's certainly uh, a big, big hit when he went with the, the Irish room before. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it was leaked, wasn't it, a few days before. I, there's obviously more to the story. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wonder whether he made some demands and, you know, who, who, who knows? But off the back of that, um, the RFU announced uh, the appointment of eight full-time women's national talent squad pathway staff to be based at five provincial centres of excellent hunts. The eight full-time pathway staff will operate out of five new women's centres of excellent hubs at Dublin City University, Setu Carlo in Leicester, University of Galway, and Connacht University of Limerick in Munster, and of course the Queen's University Ulster. Additionally, the RFU 
is a discussion with ATU Sligo and University College Cork with a view to setting two further women's centres of excellence hubs in those locations. Good news, anything positive coming out of Ireland, things like that, money being spent um, is good news, whether it's in the right place is a much, much longer conversation. Over in Australia, we're whizzing around now, Australia, they announced their squad. Um, Kind of a Super W final, by the way. Well, Fijiana doing it again. Back-to-back titles for them. We'll give you up to date with all the results in a moment or so. But uh, yeah, off the back of the, uh, the that Super W final, the Wallaroos squad was announced. The warm test for Fijiana, and then going onto the pack for Pacific Four, big home overhaul of the uh, the World Cup squad. And without the English-based players, the Bella McKenzies. How many chances? These are good players as well. Kelly Leaney, Laurie uh, Kramer, and the Wallaroos skipper Piper Duck is, is also injured. So 11 new caps, headlined by a 16-year-old. Not even legal. Uh, Caitlin Halsey. The Waratahs joined by the likes of teenage playmaker Katia Monica and the Reds fly half Karis Dillinger, who's been in very good form, but she's actually a New Zealander who's obviously now pledged her Allegiance to Australia, 10 Reds players um, who contest that final, including veteran Sharon Parry. They're a tough bunch, aren't they? Remember them they from, are. from that surfing game you played against them? Yeah, like, honestly, that game was just, I look back and think if it hadn't been a quarterfinal of a World Cup, probably never would have gone ahead. Um, although less of the veteran, as an older player I, who got called veteran, like... I feel like we could use a better word. It's, it just, okay. hey, just. No, you're you're absolutely right, and I've been told that before by Sonic, and uh, Sonia Green at Saracens, and she wasn't overly happy. And I typed it. Um, I was thinking to myself, I shouldn't use that word. Um, the experience. Experience, yeah. Adam Perry. I'm not going to go back and edit that. No, 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 no. I think that's fine. I so think moving forward. That's moving fine. forward, yeah. Moving I mean, forward. You've just got to look out for. The over 30s, you know. <laughs> I'm not even sure she's over 30. I'm probably just aged anyway. Wow, that's even um, worse. That is horrid. Um, she's just been around for so long. But, uh, no, it's. I think it's great. I think the fact that that English players um, aren't here, aren't in the squad, it's, it's not a bad thing. It gives mm-hmm. um, the coaching setup an opportunity to, to, to look at new players coming through, which is what, they they need they need strength and depth. They have obviously got some great players, and their their the Aussies that are out here are are just like shining. I think the opportunity to go and play in this league is is really benefiting them. So they will add value when they go back in. But you know, to to give those players the chance to to play and get um, vital Test match rugby for for what's to come with the Pacific Four and then WXV um, wherever they find themselves. I think. Um, yeah, it's 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 great, you know. Fiji playing another another test game. Uh, it, it's it's what we said off the back of the last World Cup. We want to see these teams playing more regular rugby because that's only going to make them better. And the fact that they've got they've got this game going ahead, I think, is yeah, is 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 excellent. And we need to see more of the Oceania teams playing on a, a more regular basis. Well, they have to qualify for the next week, so uh, yeah. no, absolutely brilliant. Let's get up to date with the rest of the international news and results from the last week. 
Other results to bring you up to date with in Ireland, Railway Union captain Lee Byrne raised a trophy aloft as the club celebrated back to back Energy All Ireland Women's Cup titles. A stunning solo drive, Chisholm Woodall sealed a 28 12 win over Bowes at St Mary's College RSC. Lindsay Pete, friend of the pod, also on the score sheet. In Australia, it was the Super W finals we mentioned again in Sweden who took the title as they did last year. Queensland Country Bank Stadium. The Queensland Reds went down 30, 38 in another brilliant advert for rugby. The Netherlands have been Hong Kong. Good to bring you up to date with that result, but also it has some significance. It makes them the highest ranked team outside WXV. If they remain in that position, they will compete for a place in the 2024 edition. This is due to the bottom ranked country in WX. Three in October will play a relegation playoff against that team, the highest ranked outside the competition. That was Hong Kong, who had narrowly beat Sweden earlier in the week. They're on tour in preparation for the Asia Championship later this month. In South Africa, results from the Premier Division Round 1 Golden Lions 10, EP Queens 48, Western Province thumped the Sharks 31 14. The Bulls' daisies, fresh from those those contracts, went away to the Border Ladies and won impressively 31-0. If they remain in that position, they will compete for a place in the 2024 edition. This is due to the bottom-ranked country in WXB3 in October. will play a relegation playoff against that team, the highest-ranked outside the competition. That was Hong Kong, who had narrowly beat Sweden earlier in the week. They're on tour in preparation for the Asia Championship later this month. In South Africa, results from the Premier Division Round 1, Golden Lions 10, EP Queens 48, Western Province thumped the Sharks 31-14, the Bulls Daisies, fresh from those those contracts, went away to the Border Ladies and won impressively 31-0. Round 2 this weekend sees Bowling Dames versus Western Province, EP Queens versus Border Ladies, the Sharks wins up against the Golden Lions. In France... The Elite One Feminine gets up and running again this week. It's round 10 in Pool 1. Step to Musia take on the Stade Bordelais. Kilimanza up against Montpellier. Stade travel to Lens in Pool 2. SC Rogwina take on Blagnac. Lyon over the ups or the foot of Upper Grenoble. While Lille take on AC Pabodny. Of course, the Premier 15s returns this weekend. Sunta, Abby Dow to Ealing. It was always going to happen, wasn't it? Let's be yeah. honest. Giselle, Abby. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, it's like, wow, that's a big move. But if you know the relationship between them and the history, it was it was inevitable, really. Uh, it, it was indeed. Um, in the Midlands, Leicester, they finally sort of finalised their, their coaching setup. Rockstar Rocky Clark has uh, joined the coaching setup alongside Tom Hudson, who's been serving at Hill's head coach, and Luke Stafford, who will take on the forwards coaching role. That's a real cross partner. That is a real cross partner. You can't see us, but night to night, wink, wink. Who knows what's coming ahead? Uh, but uh, Meg Jones has signed up. Um, it's not that far up and down the M5, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't read anything into that. We're sending us yesterday. Uh, glad Rocky's got that 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 gig 
up there at Leicester. But yeah, just beginning to see the Quanza. I've just seen as a side as well for for Leicester. Seventh players. Yeah, hardly sure how well that worked out for Ross, but uh, it'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting to see how that works. Obviously, they've got their hopefully their Olympic Games um, to go to next year. Whether they get to play 15s, whether it's a longer term contract, if they're going to come back to 15s post that. Um, again, a new team needs big names, and Meg Jones is like a, a great name to have she's played 15 she's got a history in that it does that entice other people to to join when you're starting a, a they're obviously not brand new they've played in the championship this year but getting caliber and quality of player like a meg jones in in that is um is pretty high um but it'll be it will be interesting to see how much rugby she she does play in the prem over the next few years and speaking of that prem fixes this weekend just four rounds left ahead of the playoff. It kicks off with Harlequins against Wasp, the game changer at the Stoop. The person who won the ticket at the game changer, uh, if you want to get in touch, um, because your tickets uh, details are, are with me. So, uh, yeah, my phone number was on the, uh, on, the, on the winning ticket from the live show. But anyway, £10 for an adult, £5 for a child. Tickets uh, all through the socials. Obviously, you can look for that. Loughborough, your team against Gloucester Harbury. Sale against Bristol. Saracens host Exeter and BMP off to Worcester. Can't push you for predictions still just yet until you fully take on the, uh, the national role rather than the club role. Uh, but it's good to see the Prem 15s back, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. You know, it's really hard. Obviously, I think it, it's pro- it's the right thing to stop it during the, the Six Nations. There's just so many players that are away. And like having the Prem Cup allows those players who may not get as much game time or young players coming through to have that opportunity. But yeah, it's been great in club to see all those international players come back this week. Um, there's some real like interesting games that are happening. Um, you know, like Bristol need to, to, to win at sale um, to try and guarantee their place of top four. Quinns are likely to, to, to beat Wasps. Um, so you put a face, Johnny. Well, there's the prediction of the century. No, but they, so they need to keep on. They'll put pressure on yeah, Bristol. Yeah. Like it's not a done. It's not a done deal. You know, Exeter and Sarries. Like what? We're this is four weeks left, and everything sort of starts to play in. That they're, they're both going to get uh, a top four playoff place, but then it's sort of like how does that play out? You know, Gloucester against Loughborough. I mean, we've got nothing to to lose. Gloucester won. I've got that. They've got that home semi-final confirmed already, have they not? Yeah. Um, but obviously, they want. They had great form going into into the Six Nations. They, as you build towards a a final or semi-finals playoffs, you want to be keeping that form going. So, um, it's it's all very very interesting stuff going going on. Uh, we were speaking of Sevens players earlier on. Uh, Tarts this weekend, final round of the HSBC World Rugby Sevens Series in the beautiful Toulouse. Uh, New Zealand need to reach the quarterfinals to take the series title. So this is how it shapes up. For one, New Zealand, Canada, USA, Poland go head-to-head. Uh, Australia, France, Ireland, Brazil battle it out for B. And then C, it's Fiji, Great Britain, Spain and Japan. The Black Ferns, as I say, will take the title if they get to the quarterfinals. Uh, 
They, alongside host France, Australia, the only other nation to win an event this season, USA have already qualified for Paris 2024. The reigning spot is to be decided over the weekend with just four points separating Ireland, who are at 64 points, Fiji 62, Great Britain 60. We wish the GB girls all the best of luck, I'm sure, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think... GB have always had it tough, haven't they? Like in recent times, you know, four nations coming to three nations coming together um, to to try and like put a team together, which every other nation has all that time. And what I think we've seen over probably this year is how having that consistent time and now being GB sevens has has allowed them to to perform, and they've got better and better as the the, the year's gone on and. Um, I mean, it's a sat talking to, to, I mean, we had training this morning and it's really nice. We, before we went out, we put it on the big screen because you've got, we've got Scots, we've got English, we've got Welsh there, all wanting the team to, to do well. And I know, um, it's a case of wanting to know, actually, we probably want, if, if GB aren't going to qualify directly, which they've got every, um, possibility that's the that's the best 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 position and we want them to do that and wish them all well it's like well if they don't quite manage that well you want Ireland to qualify because then GB will go to the European qualifiers and we'll probably have like less teams to to compete against so it's all it's all really interesting which I guess it's what you want again within the game as a whole um but yeah just Wishing the GB girls all the best of of luck this weekend, and and hopefully they can they can do the job and get that that ticket um for for Paris next year. Got to go, Sunter. Just a couple of shout outs. Joy Neville. There's no doubt that uh, she was going to be involved in the Men's World Cup, but uh, the first female to officiate at the Men's World Cup announced this week as a television match official has been shouts, including myself. For other females to have gone as well. Amy, a pair of um would be would certainly be included um, in the top five referees in the, in the world, uh, men or women. Uh, but uh, great to see Joy there, just great character and a, and a great official. Yeah, it, it is, and I think it's groundbreaking. And I think, like you say, equally you could have seen um, a couple more more women um, go along in different officiating roles. But you know, we've got to start somewhere, and to have Joy. Go out there and see her and the the great rugby career she had as a player, and now how she's transferred that into into um, a refereeing role. And I read a quote by a um, I'm paraphrasing this, but basically she got asked after she retired whether she was interested in refereeing, and I don't think she was. And then she spoke to someone within the Irish setup who basically said that she would never be able to be a, a highly qualified. A referee at the, the top game and I think that gave her the motivation to be like actually now nah, I'm going to do this I'm going to prove you wrong and she certainly she certainly has gone and, and done that and you know I'm sure she'll be excellent out at out, out the World Cup and hopefully it's the, the moment that leads more women to, to, to coach in that environment a coach in that environment referee in that environment so in let me do my maths 2027 we've got more representation than than this one and finally, was this weekend as uh, the host DMP in the Premier 15s celebrating the history of the Warriors uh, and they host the legendary players. It's a bit in vogue, isn't it? Good old Jill Burns has started this all off with her caps 
regional caps and, and county caps, that kind of stuff, isn't it? And, and celebrating the past. This is the tagline, and I like it. Well done, Josh, you know, looking at this one. Celebrating the past and looking forward for a bright future. Yeah, it, it's really important, you know. It I think is. Worcester's such a tight club and always have been. They've, I mean, I'm not sure how long they've been around, but they've been around for as long as I've known um, the Women's Premiership. And, I mean, it's great. I've that won it. I've won it, yep. I'm on it, and and it's great that they've got a place in the league next year. And I think they do it really well. You look at some of the greats that have have come out of um, the Worcester club. You know, Joe Yap herself played there, and obviously director of rugby there now. You you look at your Rocky Clarks, your, your Cat Merchants, your Laura Keats, your Browners. Tell them. Dolly was there. Dolly was there. Your your Browners um, from from way back way back when um, your Donna Kennedy's, your Karen Joneses, all these people that have have gone way be, before, you know, and to to celebrate them in the way that they they do, I think is is brilliant. And you can see what a tight knit group they are. And even on non Legends days, the 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 players are still down supporting the club, watching them week in week out. So yeah, it's it's great that they have a, a day for them to be recognised. One hundred percent. Well, on a, yeah, love everything about uh, Worcester, just their fight and spirit, huge amount of time for, for lots and lots of people there, including Joe Yap. So, yeah, brilliant initiative. Well done there. That's it for uh, another week. Go well at the weekend. Yeah. Nothing to lose, as you say, Santa. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and share. Thanks to Tom and Vicky along in the background. And lovely to catch up with you, Santa. We'll see yeah. you next time. Always. See you later. Bye bye. Thank you.